My cat Rachel is the silliest cat I know. One time, she played inside a paper bag for three hours. What a mystery. But I'm glad her health isn't. Thanks to the color-changing litter from Fresh Step Crystals Health Monitoring Litter. This premium color-changing litter has pH-activated crystals that can help me detect potential illness early. That makes it easy for me to stay on top of her health and well-being. I may not understand all of Rachel's silly quirks, but I can keep up with the important things. Find Fresh Step Crystals Health Monitoring Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, a podcast that seeks to kick shame right in its dickhole. <laughs> Sorry, that was too much, wasn't it? That was too much energy. I think I've just had a coffee, but also it's the beginning of the year and I'm, I feel like hyped up. I feel excited. I don't know why I give a shit because normally every year just keeps getting worse than the year before. But for some reason, I buy into the new year like happier me, optimism. You know, there's there's hope that it might not be worse. There's hope that I might not be worse. There's hope that we might not be worse. It feels like changes in the air uh, and hopefully for the better, but we're not going to hold our breath anymore after what happened before when we all said, fuck you 2019, suck my dick. 2020 is where it's all going to be about. Fuck that whole decade. And we wrote off an entire decade that was so much better and more peaceful than this. So um, yeah, so hold on, basically hold on, but enjoy enjoy this moment while you can. I uh, am so grateful to you for all the lovely letters that you wrote me over the last couple of weeks. I always get a lot of correspondence from you guys during that time, the, the gooch of the year, the taint of the year when nothing's really happening. And because nothing's really happening, I get to read those letters the most. And they mean a lot to me. And I'm glad that we could engage with each other in that way. I'm also glad you loved the episodes over the holidays. The period power with Maisie Hill one seems to have just created a storm of letters from all of you. And I'm so glad that you're finding that helpful. Anyone out there who wants to learn more about how to use their menstrual cycle to actually make your life better and to utilize it to make you stronger uh, and who also wants to learn a bit about autism. It's a fucking amazing episode um, based on her book, Period Power. She's incredible. And I have another incredible woman on my podcast this week to kick off the year with right, good, strong, tough, don't give a fuck energy. It is the excellent Eliza Schlesinger. She is a comedian. I've been watching her for years and she has countless Netflix specials. She's one of the biggest names in comedy at the moment. And she is unlike almost anyone I've ever seen in the public eye. She's incredibly confident and just set in her feet. (laughs) I don't know exactly what I mean because that's not a sentence. But what I'm trying to say is that she feels very grounded. You know what I mean? Like she feels like she really walks the fucking walk and she's very empowering on that stage. And she's very good at calling out things that don't make sense and aren't fair, especially for women. And I just think she's very cool and a good vibe. And we all just need a bit of a fucking high five. Now, she has her own podcast. It's called Ask Eliza Anything, where she is the blunt, honest best friend that everyone needs. And she answers listener questions. It's also on Earwolf and you can get it wherever you get your podcast. You should definitely give that a listen. But in this episode, we discuss her experience as a new mum. We talk about her choice to be a mother, her way. She talks about being such a confident voice and how she keeps her confidence and doesn't let negativity or jealousy weigh her down. And it really feels like she means it when she's talking about it. She talks about the ways that women are pitted against each other and how we have to be aware of how we cannibalize each other while the patriarchy just looks on and laughs, something that I've spoken about a lot in this podcast. And she also talks about how feminism doesn't mean loving and respecting every woman, but rather holding every woman to the same standard that we hold men. And I think that's a really important conversation that sometimes we shy away from. She also shares about learning from other perspectives and why labeling people doesn't really allow for learning, which is a tricky subject that I think people are starting to creep into more and more, but one that we really need to have because we need to make all progressive spaces as welcoming as possible so that we 
can, you know, gain more traction and get more followers and get more people to join our movement rather than ostracizing people and making them afraid to even come near us in the first place. So we talk about all of this and it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic because I think at the beginning of the episode, I felt a bit like scared of her, a bit intimidated by her. And I couldn't tell if she liked me or not. And we hadn't really met. I'd just been a sort of like, you know, uh, an enjoyer of her work from the outside. But we kind of start to warm to each other. And by the end of it, it's just like a real, I, I think it's like a real sisterhood loving. And so I always enjoy dynamics like that, where it's someone that I haven't met before and I don't know how it's going to go. And I feel like it's a wonderful experience of two women coming at life from maybe two different places but really finding a solid middle ground and I feel like I wish that we all did that more so please enjoy this lovely episode with the excellent Eliza Schlesinger Welcome to I Way. How are you? I'm doing well. And I just want to say this is the difference between a professional former model and me. You're in like <sighs> full cat eyeliner and I'm like, I'll put some oil on my face and I just I'm, look really shiny. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, this is last night's eyeliner and I'm still in my pajamas. So I'm actually no, a filthy scumbag. But It's I even more it. glamorous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't stop. I don't know what's happened at 36, the age that I'm supposed to start caring about skincare. I've gone full 17-year-old scumbag self and I'm just sleeping in all my makeup and I think I'm just going to try and push to find out how much bullshit the industry is full of of all the millions of rules they give us about our fucking skin so I think it's more about an eye infection than anything I think it's less about beauty and more about ocular care hygiene's never been my vibe um but yeah and if he I'll check in again and if in a year from now I still look like Saddam at the end of his life then we'll we'll know have you been well, on that note, on the <laughs> on the murder of Saddam Hussein, uh, does it count as murder if the guy was bad? Uh, I'm great. I'm just wrapping up the end of my tour and I get those last, those like five delicious weeks at the end of the year where everything mm-hmm. is calm and beautiful and cold in LA. So this is like what I work for all year or like these few weeks of nothingness. <laughs> and are you feeling good in yourself? I mean, it's been a really fucking mad few years. It's been very transformative for some people. I feel like some people are only just starting to gauge the fact that this is hopefully over now. How how has it transformed you this last few you know, years? I feel like it's tough to answer that question because everyone is so cancelable. Like, God forbid, I say, I'm feeling great. It's like, well, then they'll unpack everything about how dare a woman say she feel good. But the answer is, I work really hard. I have, I just had a beautiful baby and I love my job and I love that I, I appreciate it even more since it was taken away for a few years, you know, so I just getting the chance to be back working and back with people and back performing um, has been great. Like, I think we're all getting back to some semblance of a warmed over normalcy. It'll never be the same, but at least it's better than COVID. Yeah, a hundred percent. Also, this is a safe space. Like this podcast audience isn't up for cancelling, especially not women who've managed to find some solace in truly some of the darkest times we've seen in a while worldwide. Um, I'm really happy to hear that you're okay and well. It's been a really fucking intense uh, few weeks politically and few years and few decades. And so, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, How are you feeling about being a mum? I love it. I love seeing the world through her eyes. I love that I have a full-time nanny so that I get to be the best version of myself around her and she gets to be the best version of herself. Um, I also love that I have a woman who shows me (laughs) how to do everything because I, let's be honest, was not going to read the books. Um, I love it. I love that there's something bigger than me in this world and I love having that uh, sort of touchstone in my life. Like, I love that I miss her. I love that I think about her future. Like, it's nice to know, I don't know, artists were so selfish and everything has to be so selfish because you are your product. So it's nice to know that there's something bigger than me to worry about in my life. Yeah, I also love the fact that you talk about having a nanny because I have so many friends who are having babies who are some of whom feel 
like that's something they are allowed to do and others who feel as though they shouldn't have even if they have access to a night nurse or the doula or the help or someone to um be there for every single fucking minute like a lot of people feel a lot of guilt around this and I'm I can see that you don't and I would have predicted from watching your stand-up over the years that you <laughs> wouldn't and I'm glad uh because I think it's really fucking important and I don't think there is enough emphasis still even after all these years after all these conversations on women even at the very start being allowed to uh maintain their sense of self and how good that is for the child it's always considered as though that's always taking something away from the child but happy you know it's like a happy mother is going to make for a happier baby in my opinion I I agree with that I also made a decision when I got pregnant and I talk about this in my book like I put on blinders I did not welcome nor invite in, nor pay attention to any unsolicited advice. Um, Hating women is uh, a national pastime and shaming mothers is like a special thing that everyone participates in. And this sort of a priori assumption about all women is that we're all evil and wrong and doing it wrong. We have this obsession in our nation with forcing women to have children. Yet when you do, no one thinks any woman knows what she's doing. And I found in being interviewed about being a mom, I didn't have the same sort of answers that were expected, which are all valid answers. You know, you're exhausted or you're up every night. But my experience, because I make certain choices in my life to be able to afford this person, um, I don't have those experiences. And then I've just decided to lean into it. You know, it's not like I have old family money and I have a nanny. Like I work super hard and I pay for this person. And if anybody has anything to say about it, uh, they can fill out a comment card and drop it in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not the first person I've had on this podcast who said, I'm not reading the books. I'm doing this my own way. I'm following my own instincts. And it makes me really happy to hear I that. I didn't read the books were... in school. Why would I read them now? Like, I'm not yeah. going to read the books. <laughs> I'm just going to do the thing. <laughs> I um, I know you've had a daughter, correct? I have. Yes, you've had a daughter. Um, how... How did that feel? I'm always curious uh, when my my friends have girls, especially like, what does that what does that feel like to have a have a young woman in this world? Of course, you not only do you worry more, but Mm -hmm. I reevaluate. I'm an intelligent person who has made mostly safe choices in life. And Mm -hmm. even as that person, I look back at the dumbest shit that I did thinking like, no, I'm, I can totally walk home alone. I can, you know, even with all the safety and all the intelligence, like just the, the choices that youth makes you make, cause you think that you're invincible. And so one wondering how I'm going to impart that wisdom onto her, which, you know, she's not going to want to hear. So I think about safety and I think about how do I, without jamming it down her throat, like all I want for her is to move through this world with the impunity that an average mediocre man might Mm -hmm. have. And I think about the way my mother instilled that in me. We never said the word feminism. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't avoiding it. It just wasn't a conversation. I think there's a lot of conversation now about empowering women. But if you look back, you know, we always label women like, wow, your mom was such a strong mama making it work. She was a single mom going to work. Just, she didn't have time to, make it about this glittery empowerment. She just did it. And seeing a woman that owned a set of tools and knew how to fix things and went to work and was just not tough, but just did what was required. I want my daughter to see that in me without making a thing of it. Because if you don't make a thing of it, then it's just the way that you are. So there's a lot to unpack there. I just want her to be cool. Yeah, I was wondering, like, are there any... Because, I mean, I feel like... This is what's so fantastic about women. Look, you can do a fucking great job at whatever age you choose to have a baby, but I do have a special love. I think a lot of my friends had anxiety about waiting until they were like deep into their thirties to have children. But I'm like, oh, this is when you've learned, I feel like some of your most important lessons because they're such little sponges and you get to impart so many of the stuff that you've realized, not just the learning that you've done, but I'd say almost more valuably the unlearning. 
and unlearning mm. that I've watched over the years. Like I've been watching you at the comedy store for eight years, you know, and it's been fun. Why did you me. ever say hi? Huh? Because I never come backstage and bother the comedians. because I feel like that's lame. So I just, oh my uh, God. I just, I just want to like, you know, a celebrity. No, nah. that's all they want. That's silly. <laughs> no, oh I, uh, yeah, I, I live, uh, I live just behind, like kind of behind the comedy store. So I used to go down there all the time. Um, okay. but I, you know, I've I, even just in watching like the way you talk about yourself, the way that you talk about your body, the way that you talk about your attitudes has like okay. your whole vibe has, has shifted right in front of me. And it's been really exciting to watch your new specials. Fucking excellent. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I really like as a, as a large titted person who actually ended up having to have a, 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 an operation to reduce my breasts and then somehow they're just creeping back, which feels like I want my money back. Um, thank you for your <laughs> extended piece on large breasts and the bras that we wear, the boulder holders. Thank you. Um, but it's been, it's, been, it's been fun to watch your, do you feel like you've been through quite a big shift in your 30s? Oh, absolutely. And I do first and foremost want to say it's so refreshing to be on a podcast with a host who knows who I am. So thank you. Um, you'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, I think I think your 30s is hyper transformative. You know, your 20s, it's great. Look, you're young and like plump um, and stupid in your 20s. And that's necessary because you're OK with being like poor and like drinking like grain alcohol and you know, all the gritty things that you go through and you're staying at like a cheap hotel or a hostel, like these things are cool in your twenties because you don't know any better and you have the energy to deal with it. You have the energy to be hung over at work and mm -hmm. go out that night and your skin's going to look fine. You can sleep in your makeup In your thirties, you become more in touch with who you are. So many things start to shift, whether it's your dating pool is different. Your friends doing different things. Like you really start to take shape as an adult. Um, and, you know, I think that there's, I had my baby at 38. I'm like, how old am I now? 38. And I think more and more women are having children later because we're more and more, we're educated and we're holding out for the right partner and wanting to be who we are. But it, it, it would have been cool to have her earlier just because I don't want to be like 90 when she's in her 40s, <laughs> but it is what it is. So I think the big takeaway is whatever age you are, when you finally create the life that you've been working toward, it was always meant to be that way. My mom had me a little bit older and I'm glad I did it this way. But, you know, if you do it younger, you'll just have more energy. So good for you. But I'm definitely more rooted in who I am. I have a better sense of it. Yeah, it's cool. You know, you're saying that you're like, when it comes to your daughter, you don't want to make a big deal of it. But are there any kind of like top lies you want to prepare her for? Like the big lies against women, the way that you talk about things being a scam, the the things yeah. that you feel like are, are there that kind of, you know, they, that misogyny exists as this kind of like mist that we can't really, we can't see it and we can't fully <laughs> taste it, but we know that it's salty, but we can't fully like place the taste. We know it's there. It's like this fucking, it's like this kind of poltergeist kind of force around us. I would love to know, like, what are That's some of the funny. things that you would like to just dispel day one? Not day one, obviously. Sure day understand. one. Before yeah. you. Day, day, like day 3000, you know. Day, before you learn sign language for piss yeah. and beer, let me just tell you <laughs> about the patriarchy. Gosh. Yeah. Who doesn't want to hear? I, I think I just remember my whole life. Because these, we all act as if these conversations about gender and misogyny and patriarchy aren't happening for the most of, for the bulk of us later in life. This is all very hot topic stuff and has been for about the past 10 years. But like growing up, like I don't think I said the word feminism until I was like 28. This was not in the zeitgeist. And we all act just like we do with wokeness and everything. We all act like we've been on this from the jump and we haven't. And I can say just from growing up, I never saw a difference between me and the boys. I never, it never occurred to me that I wasn't just as funny because I was, it never occurred to me that I wasn't smart or smarter. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that has carried me very far. And I, I think back and I, I it's funny that you even asked that because this morning I was thinking about how there is this theme my whole life of my mom being like, don't you let them say that, get back out there. Not forcing it, just like that's just how she was. And so letting her know 
no, you talk, you speak. When you're done speaking, they can speak. And you don't let that boy talk over you. And you don't let them do this. And if it's a boys club, like you belong there, you just, you know, you hold your own. And you don't use your, the fact that you're a girl as a crutch and you just get right in there and you find the people that will support you. So just sort of dispelling that you're less than or anything, you know, a lot of people talk about. Like there's anything pre, um, premeditative, not premeditative, like as in a, fuck, was it pre-existing? Right. Yeah. There's nothing pre-existing about your condition just because of your gender. Yeah. And, and you go race those boys. If you lose, that's okay. Like mm-hmm. you get in there, you speak up. Um, and I won't, you know, you got to kind of insert it slowly. So that's, that came out wrong, but you have to just say it. <laughs> I think slowly. it's always best to insert everything slowly, just as a general Gentlemen. rule. Uh, <laughs> Slow and romantic. But I just want her to... All I want for her, and this is what I really want for anyone and I want for myself, I want you to walk into any room and feel that you belong. Mm. Head held high, you look people in the eye and you let them worry about you. You just, you came to play. Is this, have you ever faltered from this, Greg? Because from the second I first saw you, I was like maybe 28. I was like, Jesus fuck. She's got so much self-confidence. Like she's so in her body. She's, her feet are so firmly like rooted in the ground um, to the point where it's like, it's almost intimidating. And I mean that in a good way. And actually yeah. I want to get into, I want to yeah. get into your views on how women see other women. Cause I think that's so sure. fucking necessary uh, as a conversation. Um, but have you, have you always been able to muster that? Have you ever faltered in that confidence and have you ha- received pushback? Not, just from men but from women about how mm. like, your energy is because it is very uh like there's a there's a good like inner bear that comes out mm. of you which i enjoy inner bear that's very yeah. cute you know who you are who i am i'm not going to speak for any other comics who i am on stage is an extension of who i am but it is heightened mm-hmm. you know in real life i'm not the kind of person that i don't ever feel the need to take the attention away in a room i don't mm-hmm. i'm not loud or anything like that and it's not as aggressive, but you know, when you're watching the stand up, I'm making a point and that spirit sort of takes over. That's why I'm so physical. Like it's just a sort of vibe that I step into. Um, I guess I've heard that before in my life. They're like, well, you're intimidating. And it's always to your, to a fault. It's never, you're intimidating. Therefore we gave you this raise. Uh, not that I've ever had like the real job. No, but it's but- also important to imply that when someone's so, no one can really be intimidating like you Thank are just you. intimidated so it's like it's yes. very important to like make sure that we're all aware of that I get accused of being like intimidating all the time especially because I'm like 5'11 you know so it's just like uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly I don't really uh, acknowledge like a social contract as to how I'm supposed to behave because I'm a woman and so I think mm. I, I resonate a little bit with that around you <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I think, you know, you're saying you're not, I'm not intimidating, you're intimidated. But again, that's another thing that the last few years we've come around to. Whereas mm-hmm. prior to that, no one was saying that. Everyone no. was just like, well, you're intimidating. Yeah. And it usually did come about other women, you know, like, I'm like, why isn't she nice to me? Well, she's intimidated. I'm like, but that's, I don't get that. And, and I always I always say like insecurities are such a dangerous thing because people project their insecurities onto you and then it's your fault. Oh, you're intimidating. Oh, Jamila, you're pretty. Therefore, he wasn't nice. You know, people's insecurities, you have to pay for them, especially when you're a woman, whatever you are or whatever you're not is something that you have to pay for. And there's nothing you can do about it. I can't help somebody feel better about themselves. I can't go back and fix what happened to you in high school. I can't help what you're projecting on me. I'll never forget this. When I, the first time I was on TV, um, my mom found this. It was like some TV reviewer, some blogger. It was like 2008. Was like, I don't like her. I was on a TV show and they're like, she's a bra stuffer. And that was the first real time I'd ever seen. You know, I was like 25. How ugly another woman's jealousy can be because I don't stuff my bra. I definitely not stuffing it on TV, but this thing. And if you did, that would be a really odd reason to dislike someone. Also, it'd be a weird thing to do in stand-up comedy, but just that ugliness or that jealousy. And I think, I think we're getting better as a society, but also like, then you get, you know, it becomes about women versus women. And it's like, let's not Let's not take away the weight of how ugly jealousy can be or insecurity can be in a man. And and only in men does it turn violent. 
and I talk about this in my stand-up, only in men, and this is not about vilifying all men, and if you think it's that, you're missing the point. Only in men do we see, she wouldn't have sex with me. Women aren't attracted to me. Therefore, I'm going to pick up this gun. Therefore, I'm going to hurt someone. With women, it just tends to be like you have a burn book or like you're just like kind of a bitch in the corner. But you are meant to pay for if you're a woman and you're steadfast and you're confident and that upsets a man because it triggers something in him that's inadequate. Now you will, we will spread rumors about you. I will make your life difficult. I might hurt you. It manifests itself in very evil ways oftentimes. And here you are. You're just a beautiful girl who just showed up and worked with what you had. Maybe you're not beautiful. Maybe you're smart. Maybe you're commanding. Maybe you're strong. And people hold these things against you. And I found in comedy, it's so incredibly hurtful um, just with the things that I've dealt with because like I just showed up to make people laugh. What kind of stuff have you dealt with? I mean, I've... Whether it's people just not like, I mean, this happens to everyone, you know, the Mm -hmm. feedback of, well, you're intimidating. Well, he met you once. He said you weren't nice. I'm like in a green room for two seconds. Like, why is this something you even think about? The jealousy, um, insecurities coming from, from men, male comics. Now this is something that I've moved past. I'm in a different echelon, you know, but if you're not careful, it can weigh you down. And again, I always look at this like the lens of comedy. I talk to a lot of female comics that are like, well, this guy said this or this girl did this. And I'm like, do your work, go home. Like, don't get caught up in that because it that energy, it's a low vibration and it pulls you down. People are going to hate if you succeed. They just are. But for every five people you lose, you gain X amount of fans or friends or admirers. I mean, I definitely moved through this career nervous that, because of the feedback I got when I was younger, because I'm this confident girl who's just doing her job and it upsets people. And so you go to a podcast or into a meeting and the feedback is, oh my God, they're such a fan. And you're like, oh, oh, I thought everybody like hated me secretly. Mm. <laughs> and that was never true. But if it happens to you enough when you're younger, it, it like it sticks with you, even though you never did anything to hurt anyone, you know? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week you know as you're bottling things up because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel you know you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to and this therapist isn't going to take it personally and they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week you just have this complete freedom honestly I think everyone should have therapy regardless of whether they think they need it because it's so amazing to have a confidant it's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. My cat Rachel is the silliest cat I know. One time she played inside a paper bag for three hours. What a mystery. But I'm glad her health isn't. Thanks to the color-changing litter from Fresh Step Crystal's health monitoring litter. This premium color-changing litter has pH-activated crystals that can help me detect potential illness early. That makes it easy for me to stay on top of her health and well-being. I may not understand all of Rachel's silly quirks, but I can keep up with the important things. Find Fresh Step Crystal's health monitoring litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well... 
Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. You also, in the special talk, in a way that's so refreshing, I haven't really heard anyone talk about it like that, about the way that women can compare themselves to other women and that we have stigmatized and like twisted and gnarled it into only being something negative. Can you just expand on your thought around that? I, in the special, you know, it's about competition and I basically posit like it's competition is a word. I'm sorry. Competitive is a word that we reserve as a positive for men, male athletes, male CEOs, Uh, But as a negative, should any woman try to better herself? Like when I look at you right now, it's not about me judging your eye makeup. It's about me thinking like, would that work on me? You know, and like it, it, we have to understand as women, some things work for her and they're not going to work for you. And that can be okay. And looking at other women, it's when I look at you, I think like, what about her? Do I want to take for myself? Like, could I do bangs? Probably not. I don't have enough hair. Do I like that? Do I not like that? So it's, it's, you can, everything in your world is available to you and it doesn't, you don't need to take it away from another woman. And you say that we're kind of scanning each other as a kind of almost evolutionary process, right? Yes. This is how we evolve. This is how we- This is how you get, this is how you know. You wouldn't know to do your, I keep coming back to your eyeliner. You wouldn't know to (laughs) do- I'm very impressed that my, that this like 48 hour crust is like taking up so much space here. I'm, I'm excited for the brand. It's the nicest (laughs) thing on this podcast right now. Thanks. It's the most well done. No, but like, uh, you should shout out whoever that eyeliner is. It's about, you wouldn't know naturally. There are certain things evolutionary you would know. Like, you know, you need to get warm. You know, you need to eat. I would not know I need shiny hair unless I saw another woman with shiny hair and that was touted as valuable. I would not know I need a tan unless companies told me, you know, right. But that's a slippery fucking slope, isn't it? Right. So it's like, okay, fine. There's there's a, there's a line between the evolution and like, oh, I should do that. Or that looks good. Or or, I enjoy her oversized jacket. She looks comfortable in that. I'm going to try one of those. Um, But then also we have to be careful with that as to the fact that a lot of shit gets held up as valuable. There is a fucking valuable that then pressures us into like shit that's going to hurt us. You know, I think that's why we have to kind of like, yeah, yeah, we have to be like careful. I mean, just this week, I've been like fucking popping off about the the attempted revival from the media of heroin chic. So right. it's just like, we, we have to be careful. And that gets, you, you're right, but it does get abused by, I think, the advertising world. I think part of that comes into understanding, look, when you look at another girl, when you're younger, that jealousy is often rooted in, she's getting the attention from the boys. Mm-hmm. She's getting that attention because she's, you know, I always liked having pretty friends and friends who are prettier than me. And it's okay to be like, she's hotter than me. That's not my thing. It's okay. I, I like being around prettier girls. Um, because it's it doesn't so take subjective. away anything. It's so subjective. Like anyway, so it's also like, like, okay, fine. According to you or according to one other person. Your high school. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Who knows who's prettier or not prettier? But I agree Like I surround myself with women who are just more impressive than me in every way. And I like it because it forces my vibration to rise up to theirs, you know? And there are, for example... I, uh, when I see you in interviews and stuff, you know, or talking online, I've seen you on podcasts, like the fact that you are incredibly blunt, um, and you're not trying to, I don't find you disingenuous at all. Uh, and you're just sort of like, you are you and you're, you're, you seem to be at least like comfortable or accepting of the idea that you're going to be some people's cup of tea and you're not going to be others. Like when I see that, I'm like, oh, that's good. That, that feels good. That feels authentic. And like, I, I would like to continue to be more like that. It's encouraging to me oh, as I someone pre- who's oh. trying to find that like road of authenticity myself, because I'd rather people just don't like me than like a fake version of myself that I then have to keep up somehow. I can't do it. Yeah. I'm too tired. I'm old. Like, it's just hard enough. Life is hard enough as a woman. I can't. I think you found it. I feel like when I think about you, like you're the girl that's like, Fuck this standard. <laughs> Fuck this. Here's what I think. I'm on, t- I've got a jillion followers. I don't think, I think you don't need to, 
I think you're leading the way in that. No, no, I think no, a lot but of people probably I'm just probably saying that, that, like, I, I appreciate when I see something well, in you. someone else that I don't have, uh, yeah. especially if I think it's something that's actually going to make me happier. If I see someone much, much, much thinner than me, I know what I would have to do to do that because I've done it before. And mm-hmm. I know it would make me fucking miserable and tired and I would have no sex drive and I would have no more friends because I'd be a miserable cunt um anyway that's that's all i was thinking about that is that i'm glad that you are talking about a way in which we can find we can find that balance and it is a balance and sometimes it can teeter over into the meanness and you talk about the fact that just because you have maybe a judgmental thought occasionally about god forbid another woman it doesn't make you a bad feminist just to have the fucking thought just don't say it out loud don't don't share that thought with everyone like look at it hear it honor it uh, ask yourself why you thought it. Is it any kind of projection of something that maybe you yourself are struggling with about you? Or are you just being a bit of a bitch for a moment and then just let it pass, let it move on? I think if we try and suppress it completely, we're never yeah. going to actually identify where it comes from. And I think therein lies the that's danger. That's the other thing. I, I completely agree with that. And that's for anything. Like, why did I have that thought? Like actually having the self-awareness to like unpack that. Mm. Um, and usually it comes from jealousy. Mm-hmm. usually it does like oh you know um i saw this thing on instagram not that you should live your life by post but someone was like if you want people if it's not so much if you want people to like you but make a habit of complimenting people behind their back every you know that's that's cool like not that you shouldn't say it to them but you know like oh my oh yeah i heard about you oh my friend said that you were always so much fun at a party or that you're always the best dressed you know like that's nice to get a secondhand compliment mm-hmm. i think We also make the assumption when we look at other women that somehow she is evil or bad for dressing that way or like, oh, she's she's trying to do something. I don't know what she's trying to do with that outfit. But there's always this like I personally never participate in like plastic surgery shaming. Um, I don't have Botox or anything like that. And I deeply, deeply don't care if another woman does. Same. And people love, and I also like kind of never notice unless it's like not done well. People love to shit on and shame women. Mm-hmm. And what I think about is you're, sh- you're shaming her because she dared to try and maybe fell a little short. But like also, me- but also she, because she was afraid of or had already experienced shaming, mm-hmm. right? Even yeah. when like I pop off about the Kardashians sometimes, but even when I do, there is never, ever, ever not a paragraph about what the fuck the society did to these yes. powerful, famous women in the media that made them so obsessed with this thing or made them carry out their behavior like that. It's so like well, I'm also like, I think people think I'm anti-cosmetic surgery. I'm not anti-cosmetic surgery. I'm not mad at anyone who does whatever the fuck they want to do with their bodies. I don't care it's none of my business what I care about is when you lie about it and then Mm. you allow yourself to be used as a stick to beat other women with where it's just like well I'm 50 and I look 12 and that's just because I drink celery juice where it's like well no you just have a very talented surgeon and that's fine but let's just be transparent about how everyone got their shit you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I don't disagree similarly with you about yeah as you I think it's also we love to like look at someone who got work done and it looks bad. And that breaks my heart because that woman mm. did not want to look weird. Something went wrong or something was imbalanced or you didn't get it. That breaks my heart. Like she didn't set out to look like a fucking cat. Some people do. And like, that's their thing. But like, have a heart and know that like, she's trying to feel better about something. She's have a heart, have some empathy. And I also think about this a lot. What has been, this is unrelated to that. But what has been so forced down our throats as women mm-hmm. is that you should have this. This is what people think feminism is, and it's not. You should have this unabashed love for all women. Oh, you're a woman in comedy. You should love all women in comedy. No, I don't love all people. This idea that like just because you're a woman, you're doing a great job. That's not feminism. Feminism is being like, hey, I'm holding you just as accountable to the same standards as a male that I, I don't respect your work. I don't like that. What we lack is that feeling, you know, when you have a woman in your life that you love so much, she's your friend and like Mm -hmm. you love watching her thrive because you love her versus just a random other woman that society has decided like you need to love and respect her. 
I have a friend in my life. My friend, Rebecca is an author. She's like a New York Times, Rebecca Searle, New York Times bestselling author. I have two books. They're, they're, they're never going to be New York Times bestsellers. Mm-hmm. She and I are so different. I, and I so love her that like, I get excited when I see her book in the airport. I get excited about the guy she's dating. I get excited for her and her accomplishments because I genuinely love her so much. And that's something that is rare. It's nobody allows for you to just genuinely love, not in a girl power way, not in a like women uplifting women who we just met at a conference. There's something so beautiful about like your deep love for another woman. Mm -hmm. And nobody talks about that. Instead, it's just this blanket I'm supposed to apply to every woman I fucking meet because she's a woman too. And yeah, I think that's it, it an devalues, It sort of like devalues and, under, and undermines. Like we, we aren't expected to love all men like that. We're supposed to just sort of try to accept men. And then we will love a few that we know as brothers or friends or lovers right. or whatever, you know. And so I agree. I agree. And I do find that kind of like blanket uh, approach. To, I speak out about it a lot where it's just like, you know, I sometimes I criticize patriarchy mostly. I criticize misogyny, but I'll also sometimes criticize its female operatives, whoever they are, uh, whether I'm talking about a group or an individual, it's very important to be able to hold each other to account. I don't think it's feminism to just like turn the other mm. way when someone's doing something that's fucking up other women. I think that we have to just kind of like, I think it, I think it's natural that it would just be a big model because we're, this is also new. As you said, 10, 15 years ago, we were both in this industry and not talking about feminism. I was still referring mm-hmm. to it in my Cosmo column as the F word, literally. Uh, and, you know, and so how we have evolved, like it's a big fucking model. It's a big fucking mess that like you see a lot of women kind of uh, taking in huge, brave leaps and speaking out publicly about these issues and then sometimes fucking it up. And it's like, yeah, well, it's new, isn't it? It's a new conversation. We haven't refined it perfectly. We need to chisel it down we need to like perfect it you know the patriarchy and misogyny have had fucking thousands of years yeah to perfect, to, to their perfect rhetoric. <laughs> they've got their dossiers they've got the printouts that it's laminated you oh know what God, i mean it's so just funny. like they are they have that shit like on lockdown like it's amazing how tight patriarchy and tight misogyny is how fast the fucking abortion laws yeah. came in it's just like they are, so like, they are they are girl bosses you want to talk about girl bossing that is fucking patriarchy no exactly no nor do yeah, i nor they, does anyone they have but like syllabi. that to me is a girl boss is like patriarchy and misogyny we have to catch up with thousands of years of mm. this level of organization and we have to stop fucking tearing each other to pieces not i'm not saying we can't criticize each other that is vital in evolution to be able to say ah, you could tweak that a bit or i I could yep. take that a bit, but we have so much shit to get in order in order to be able to um, master this. And we're kind of being expected to master it perfectly. And women are holding other women to account to master the way that we speak about, identify or, or fight patriarchy. And it's fucking stressful. Yeah. No, yeah, that's like each other a, a brilliant point that they've had more time to get this down. And what also happened, that's absolutely right so rare that I am on a podcast and I'm like, great point. I'm going to think about that for a very long time. I'm not just like, my eyes aren't just like rolling back in my head. Um, And I also think a huge part of our failure to move forward faster is the backbiting because we do fault other women for being imperfect Mm. as if we've just been doing everything perfectly. Like, you know, whenever there's a female CEO, particularly of like a female forward company, there's always a hit piece on her. Like she didn't have the right kind of tampons in the bathroom. She was rude at work. You know, meanwhile, you got male CEOs like chaining women to desks, sexually assaulting them on their private planes. And we're like, well, she led imperfect, imperfectly. Let's close it down. And well, I think- 2020 was really interesting, wasn't that? The statistics that came out on that, that, you know, when there was this kind of like huge reckoning of problematic behavior, especially mm-hmm. uh, uh, a lack of like um, racial equality within the workplace, et cetera. It was really interesting to see that hundreds of companies got like, you know, um, exposed, but it was only, almost only the women who stepped down. Because they were, uh, they allowed themselves to be held accountable And I will say, you know, liberal people, we tend to be like, okay, well, like Al Franken stepped (laughs) down from, you know, and you're Mm -hmm. just like, why did you do that? Like, what, what are you doing? You know, I think stick around and do better, like stick around, stick Stick around, around. face the fucking music, keep going, but allow 
people to say sorry. I mean, look, if you sexually assault someone, like I don't mm-hmm. fucking know, but yeah. like these minor inc- minor things, you know, Michelle Obama, I'll never forget. She was like, this is forever ago. She's like, when when they go low, we go high. And I'm like, no, oh, we I have agree. to go low. I agree. We have I've, to be as awful. <laughs> yes. I've always said that when they go low, I go lower. Like I am a, to. like a, I am a, um, an alley cat and like a, like a gutter dwelling, um, rat wench really, you know, if I could describe myself, if I, if I, if I wasn't in a relationship, that would be my hinge profile. Um, but that is, (laughs) (laughs) that is, uh, very much so my vibe. I really don't believe in rising above. I have very, like, I always say, be the smaller man. You know what I mean? Like, I think that when we say be the bigger man, we are like manipulating kind people into eating shit and then feeling good about the shit that they just ate by saying that like, rise above, turn the other cheek. We're talking about just politics. We're not talking like day to day. No. We're talking sometimes. Sometimes you you need to be the smaller man as well. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying that like, I no, look, it's nuanced. As as with everything, it's nuanced. But I'm just saying that I do think that, look, I don't think we should always be worse than the other person. But I do think that as women, or I think as liberals, I think as the softer, more marginalized group who are trying to present, you know, we're trying to be the change we want to see in the world. Sometimes we fall too far into that trap of our own attempt at good behavior. And we don't take into account the realities of the world that we're fighting in. And the fact that we can't, like, yeah. the perfection is the enemy of progress, right? Is that, that it's never been truer than oh, now. A thousand percent. You know, you got, like, I think what this all stems from is everybody acting like, and you see this online, you see this with all kinds of stuff. If I dare to make a statement, mm-hmm. what, you know, save the planet, what then happens is rather than someone be like, yes, let's save the planet. What can we do? It's like, mm, but weren't you drinking out of a straw yesterday? Didn't you make this mistake? If I say, you know, trans rights matter, they're like, didn't you say a slur one time in a stand up? If I say anything, whatever mistake you may have made, mm-hmm. whether it was big or small, is then held up to you to be like, but you made a mistake once. So how dare you stand for anything positive? Anything you dare to do, your character goes out the window. It doesn't matter what your history is, you know, because of a mistake you may have made or something you did when you were, you know, when you were younger, let's say you called someone fat and now you're body positive. They're like, well, you did call that girl fat. And you're like, okay, but I don't now. And I wouldn't do it again. We don't allow for any, particularly with very liberal people. And I say this as someone who Mm -hmm. votes very liberally, you got to give it a, you got to set down the pitchforks because whatever your opposition is, they're just watching as we like deliciously eat each other. Men watch as women eat each other, as progress just folds in on itself, as we attempt to hold everyone accountable for everything ever done. And that's why we're in this fucking hellhole. Oh, I'm, I, yeah, 100%. I agree. I mean, I'm someone who is very, very open about how fucking, fucking problematic I, you know, I was and sometimes will likely continue to be accidentally. We conflate ignorance and evil and we just think the two are... Uh, they have to exist with each other. We can't ever separate them where it's just like, oh, someone just didn't know better and they didn't know to do better. I'm very, very, like this whole podcast, this whole podcast is about the fact that I'm a feminist in progress. I don't know shit about fuck. I'm here to learn from other people and have these conversations with other people and expand my horizons in front of everyone so you can just do it with me. I don't give a shit what you know, what you don't know. I'm just excited that I'm not alone. Right, right, right. And that I'm we're just all excited figuring to this not be shit alone. out together. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited to learn about this stuff. I don't, I don't consider it a failure. I don't consider it um, a shortcoming. I think it's, I think it, there's so much to learn for everyone. And I think it's great that we're even trying we just need to fucking relax and give people you know as we were saying earlier the uh, the opposition you know white supremacy or all these different things have had thousands of years to prevail and organize and perfect we are catching up it's gonna take a minute everything's updating very fast um and it's circulating faster than ever because of social media just take a fucking breath and learn how to get our house in order before we start like i I always say like build the foundation of the house before you start decorating it it feels like we're straightening all the paintings and all the pictures without actually having like made sure that we are like in the bedrock or are we rearranging deck chairs on the titanic is it the other way (laughs) are we going up or down (laughs) that's what it fucking feels like right now (laughs) yeah i also go i mean 
Oh, no, it's just have something in your life. I mean, a lot of this stems from internet comment sections. Like mm-hmm. this is not, have something in your life that's more important than fucking, I would, I've never gone into a comment section and like shit on someone unless I was like defending myself. Like I would, I don't know what possesses people to go onto someone else's page and, and leave anything negative. Like, don't you have a family watching you? Like, don't you have a career you're worried about? Like have something in your life that's more important than fucking around with your thumbs on the toilet, whether it's a charity or a dog or a child or a career or, you know, putting on perfect eyeliner, like have something that care that holds weight in your life so that you vibrate higher. Don't you have better things to do? Yeah, I think I think as soon as we start to value trying instead of only just winning, I think we're going to actually see some meaningful change and progress no, that's and some un-American. I know, actually, I know. Actually, as I said it, I was like, no, we give out medals for trying. I don't know what, what we are anymore. But <laughs> I also think there are different coasts, right? It's like uh, the, the I, yeah. London and New York feel like they almost only respect the hustle, not the win. And then places like California only respect the win not the hustle. Oh, I was gonna say the other way. Oh, really? Interesting. In my mind, L- I mean, LA is different than Northern California or whatever, but in my yeah. mind, it's like how beautiful and precious you tried. This was so great. Everybody gets a cookie and New York, it's like, it's fucking cold. There can only be one. <laughs> I think of it. I think it's, it's so interesting to see the different perspective also depends like which part of New York or which part of LA. Because there's definitely sort of like West Hollywood, Hollywood and Venice in LA that right. feels very like, we're not going to punish children at school. We're going to um, get them to meditate as detention. But outside that of is that, detention. That, that is my form of detention. <laughs> I'm, not good. I'm not good at it. No, I can't. Yeah. I can't meditate. I can't meditate either. Um, I feel. I, I feel think, the same um, way. There's too much. Too much noise in the world. Too much noise. But in my I think head. even what we're talking about right here is, you know, we have these different. We we have these different assumptions about different parts of the country, different parts of the world, and I think particularly politically slash socially, it's so easy to sit where we are and be like, well, they. You know, those rednecks, those bumpkins, those people Mm -hmm. got it wrong. I travel so much for work and I'm so grateful. I get a chance to go to these other places Mm -hmm. and you see, oh my God, like these are nice, normal people. This is the power of local elections, by the way, who are voting for their reality. This is not about supporting racism or anything, but this is about understanding the, the damage that otherism can do. And it doesn't, it's not just if you're brown or black, it can be, oh, those conservatives over there, you know, it's not that black and white. It's not that clear cut. A farmer in Nebraska is going to have very different values than someone living in the heart of Venice in Los Angeles, you know, and mm-hmm. that's okay. But, and we don't allow for that nuance or that conversation. So we have these very thick, hard lines drawn. Um, And I, I just think it's important to travel so you get the perspective of other people, of other versions of the story. You know, you leave America and you realize the world doesn't revolve around American history. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel very passionately about this. Like I've, I have been very careful to try to as much as I can, like hold my tongue on ever speaking down to a different political group than mine because it doesn't help it really doesn't help it just alienates people and Mm -hmm. and also like among the left especially we have a huge huge blind spot for the wealth gaps and for classism we'll talk all day about racism or uh, bigotry but suddenly everyone's like assholes clench up just kind of just go as soon as we start talking about poor people it sort of scrambles everyone's brains and they're like, no, 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 but black and white and brown and this, that and the other. It's like, no, no, no. We also need to understand that there is a huge wealth gap in which people are being completely forgotten about, completely abused. And actually it kind of equals out at some point as to how people are being oppressed. And we need to, uh, we need to address everyone's experience and everyone's problems and realize that there are also like a fucking shit ton of absolutely shit broke white people who feel as Mm -hmm. though they are being completely forgotten about and ignored. You know, when you see the campaign trails of big politicians who are known on the coastal elite, amongst the coastal elites, they don't even go to those towns to visit those people. They've already given up on them. So it's like, we have a, you know, like, 
Houston, we have a fucking problem when it comes to just ignoring so many people's problems. We don't know about the problems of people in the middle of this country. The the funniest thing is that it's not even funny. The saddest thing is that we all have a lot of the same problems. It's just that it's framed very differently. A lot of those people in the middle of the country are suffering the most from climate change. It's like Noah in Brooklyn you know, with his fucking oat milk latte might be complaining the most about the climate and campaigning for paper straws. But the people who are actually drowning or drying out are in the middle of the country. We are having the same problems, but because we're allowing ourselves to be so politically divided, we think we're having different problems. We think we're on different sides of the same fucking issue. It's mind blowing to me. I, um, my boyfriend is a touring musician, so I get to tour the country all the time with him. And I feel Mm. exactly the same way as you is that it completely changed the way that I spoke, completely changed the way that I think, completely changed the way that I see not just America, but the world. Cause I've now been everywhere. Sure. And you, um, you'd be surprised what you could come together on. I was, uh, I was on set, uh, a couple weeks ago and we were in, driving from North Carolina to South Carolina. And the guy who was driving me was a former Marine and just like salt of the earth, like tattoos, like wearing some sort of a shirt with an American flag that you're like, what? I'm not positive that I agree with whatever that shirt represents. Like it had some sort of old English writing on it. We're in the car and we start talking and he's always, he was wearing a let's go. He was wearing a fuck Brandon or like a let's go Brandon hat. And I was like, are we going to talk about this? And he was like, well, like, you know, didn't want to get into it. And I was like, can we agree that a woman's body is her body? He's like, yeah, we can agree on that. And I was like, great, great. Cause that is like a big thing for me. And our fucking van broke down. This guy within minutes had changed the tire. And it's not that like, I'm some city girl that's like hyper impressed, but it was like, and he's, here's a guy, he's a father of three, you know, wants his girls to grow up in a good world. And it was like, yeah, looking at someone like you, especially with like a let's go Brandon hat or whatever, There are a lot of assumptions I could make, but that day we agreed on something that was important to me. And this guy like saved the day and he could not have been cooler and nicer about it. And I think experiences like that and talking to people and finding what you do have in common. I know that this sounds so pedantic, you know, like just talk to people, but we don't ever, we just yell at each other and we embarrass each other. You're definitely not going to want to hear what I have to say if I call you racist and you're not, or if I, if I talk about the patriarchy and you're like, I'm a father with three girls, you know, we're so quick to label other people, whether, you know, whether it's all minorities as poor or all whites as rich or all women as bitches or all men as upholding the patriarchy, there is a nuanced conversation. And that's what comedy is all about is finding that common ground when you step into a room, whether it's Kuala Lumpur or fucking Des Moines, Iowa, which I will be at this weekend. I don't know when this podcast comes out. Um, And just bringing people together on the things that make us human. Making my cat happy is my number one priority. And Fresh Step Outstretch litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh. And Fresh Step Outstretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? Happy cat, happy life. Ah! Find Fresh Step Outstretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Hello. Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. You always hope... You always hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And I, I'm not uh, a pessimist. I am a realist. And But I go into situations hoping this person's going to be great, hoping this experience will be good. Chances are someone is very dumb and they will fuck up. But I think people are good. I really do in their core. You sound a bit like an optimist to me. I have a, I'll take um, it. Yeah, I had a, a doctor of optimism, which I didn't. At first, when I first heard that, I was like, that's a fake job. Um, but it's not. <laughs> it's very real. 
and she studied for like seven years uh yeah uh but she's the doctor of optimism uh it was a wonderful chat we had where she explained to me that i who i i consider myself nearly a nihilist because i'm just so british Mm. and so um yeah uh sad um and so i i I felt as though i wasn't hopeless and she's like the fact that you're even still here the fact that you got up and tried again today means you are inherently an optimist there is an optimism that no you've got a mortgage you. to pay you gotta get up you've got stuff yeah. to do yeah but um, i wouldn't still be doing this if i didn't deep down believe there's no point in true. activism if there isn't actual that's why we fuck things up right i've said this before in this podcast that what is the point of activism if we don't fundamentally believe people can change and i feel like if we could solve yeah. that equation within amongst liberals we could make so much more progress it's like okay which is it people can't ever change in which case, why are we bothering right. them to shout at them? If we don't think they can change, are we just wasting our breath? We have to find some sort of hope here. I agree with that. I think, you know, people do make the same mistakes over and over, but overall things do get better incrementally. You know, that's yeah. how also, we're all I think sitting if you've here. you've made an irrevocable mistake, like you rape someone or you kill someone, yeah. that's different. I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying that generally. No one thinks tra- you're saying that. No. No, I'm, I know. We're, we're so. You'd be amazed. So, I know. Those, I, I'm so over the sophistry and the whataboutism and the one idiot being like, if, you're saying if you rape someone, it's okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm done catering to those idiots. And I will say this from a pure comedy standpoint, being an optimist leads to more comedy because you will inevitably dis- be disappointed. Like what's funnier? You waking up on your birthday and being like, maybe there'll be champagne. Everyone's going to love me. But then instead you have to go get like a polyp removed from your ovaries and sit in traffic, which I had to do on my birthday. Like it's only funny if you hope for the best and you eat a giant pile of shit. It's not funny if you expect the worst and it is the worst. And so I just think from a comedy standpoint, like going to a party and being like, it's going to be great. I'm going to meet the best people. And instead, like your heel breaks, you slip in the mud and your date stands you up. Like that's funnier. It's funnier. You get to talk about it. And then it, and then you get to commiserate with other people on the worst day you had. And then you bond like bonding and comedy all come out of even low key trauma and shared horrible experiences. It's not funny to talk about the time we went on a yacht and we're really hot and got everything we wanted. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one likes that story. But, um, but well, look, we have even in this episode, we've done a lot of, of like, it's been bonding. It's been bonding. We've done some good bonding, bitching about society and, and about what's, what's going on and what's going wrong. But speaking of the hope, speaking of the optimism, are there things that you like kind of some prime things that you are hopeful for that you believe can happen, especially when it comes to this world for women, now that you are raising one, just to go like fully deep and just. uh, I was, I was going to answer, like, I hope we can, we can't fix climate change, but I hope we can adapt in a good way. I was going to, it was all going to be about the environment. Right, right, right. That's like sort of, you uh, mean like growing gills because I feel like that's the only. (laughs) Cause we're not going to have any, it's all going to melt. Um, I, I believe we are getting to a more equitable place. I believe because of these conversations that we and the women before us have had and the sacrifices people have made, I believe she will be stepping into a workplace on Mars where the glass ceiling (laughs) is less of a thing. I mean, there will be new challenges, of course, like having to breathe in pure CO2. But I feel like we're getting to a place where more and more women more are in charge. Like the playing field is a little bit more even. I want her to live in a world where you are judged on your merit. It's not the skin color. It's not the gender. It's not how you sexually associate whatever. That's what I want for her because I want it when you get your win, I want it to be because of what you did, mm-hmm. not because of who you are, you know? So I think, I think, I think so. that's, I think, I think that's very important. I would love, I would love to live in a world like that. I would love to not also 
second guess myself or have other people second guess me as to why I have reached certain positions of power, it would be absolutely fucking ideal. Well, look, you're an extremely busy person. You have a tour to get back to. You are promoting all kinds of wonderful things. And I urge everyone to go and find Eliza's work and follow her online if you haven't seen her. As I said, I've been a a long time admirer of yours. And so it's really, it's really nice to get to meet you and to have this chat. And I, uh, I feel so much like I, I understand you and I feel so appreciative of you. And I, I, and it's really nice when you see someone that you admire on the stage and then you get to actually talk to them as a human being and see that they are, they don't just talk about it, but you're actually about it. And I really appreciate appreciate that that about you. And I think your kid, your kid is very lucky to grow up with a role model like you. And, and I hope you just keep putting this good shit out into the world and please come back anytime you like. I would love that. You are an, I will say this. I don't do a ton of podcasts because I don't think everyone should have one. Even the people that I've, that I've, <laughs> and whatever. You are such a good listener. And I like kept, when we were talking at first, I was like, oh, are we just going to go back and forth? But I started listening more as we were talking. Cause I was like, cause you, you don't blink. Like you just sit there and you listen. And part of me is like, did I offend her? And then you're like, that's absolutely right. No. And you're so stoic and such a good listener. I was like, oh, don't fucking interrupt her when she speaks because she's giving you that respect. And so if you listen back to this podcast, you notice I stopped cutting you off halfway through because I was like, she's listening to me. I need to listen to her. Oh, well, I, I yeah, I, I, um, I've probably been taught to do that because at the very beginning of this podcast, everyone told me to stop interrupting the guests because oh I was too excited. So That's thank so you funny. all to that, to everyone yeah. for your note. Look, it fucking worked. There you go. I changed. Yeah. I grew. Change is possible, people. She's an um, optimist. <laughs> Uh, before you go I have to ask you what do you weigh okay Um, I weigh uh, making people feel seen through my comedy I weigh myself in artistic accomplishment Uh, I know we're not supposed to say that but these things matter to me I weigh myself in making my daughter laugh and I weigh in dog pictures (laughs) (laughs) great and you are supposed to say that i'm big i'm a big fan of especially women bragging i think it's a vital fucking practice and i think we all need to do that now i mean whoever you are if you're listening right now just when you turn this episode off fucking write down something that you're really really fucking proud of about yourself and know that we are we are maybe proud of you too it depends on what it is might be something that yeah. we don't disagree with <laughs> i love that. um but yeah i uh i thank you for your time and and i thank you for being so open in all of your work and i thank i'm you. excited to see where this goes all right thank you for watching and please come say hi at the comedy store next time don't be all right weird. i will i will okay I will. all right bye okay, bye <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Aaron Finnegan, and Kimmy Gregory. It is edited by Andrew Carson, and the beautiful music you are hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. If you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support. We also have a bonus series exclusively on Stitcher Premium called Ask Jamila Anything. Check it out. You can get a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcher.com forward slash premium and using the promo code iWay. Lastly, over at iWay, we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast. You can leave us a voicemail at 1-818-660-5543 or email us what you weigh at iWayPodcast at gmail.com. And now... We would love to pass the mic to one of our fabulous listeners. I weigh being a daughter and a sister. I weigh my creativity and determination and who I am as a violinist and aspiring hairstylist. Um, And I weigh my journey with body image and social anxiety and my journey towards Um, being better in the future. I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does, because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. (laughs) Right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... 
Looking at the charcoal mask, great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. 